In this episode of The Shut-Ins, we'll be interviewing Danny, who is an ambulance paramedic. It's important to remember that he is speaking for himself, not for Ambulance Victoria. I'm Jude Youngworth and this is my little brother Leo. I'm 11 and he's 8 and we talk about all things Corona. Thanks for joining us on our podcast. Tell us about your job as an ambulance paramedic and what changes have been put in place since the coronavirus pandemic. Okay, so I've got an interesting job, which is a mix of partly being in the office and partly being on the road and seeing patients. So you've probably seen TV shows like Ambulance Australia and Paramedics. That is kind of like my day-to-day work. So going to medical emergencies and helping people who are having you know, medical problems or have been in accidents and that type of thing. So that's half of my work. And the other half is being in the office and looking after a group of about 30 or so people who their, their main role is to be paramedics. So um, it's an interesting, interesting job, uh, particularly at this time. Um, the strange thing is I've been on holidays myself in the last couple of weeks. Before I went on holidays, they were starting to bring in lots of changes to make sure that we're safe at work. So one of the first things we need to do is to try and work out the particular patient that we're going to, is it likely for them to have coronavirus? And, you know, the the call takers, so when you call triple zero to get an ambulance, those call takers will ask a lot of questions. And some of that information is given to us. And so we can work out, well, is this patient likely to have it or not? And then once we get to the scene, if, if there's no information before we get to the job, if we suspect once we get there, then we have to pull back and put on a lot of safety gear. Now, things are changing really, really rapidly. So when I went away on holiday, the way to try and find out if that person had coronavirus was pretty simple. Have you come back from Wuhan in China? That was the first one. And are you sick with um, a respiratory problem? So have you you got a high fever? Have you got a cough or a cold? That type of thing. Now, in the time since I've been on leave and I I worked last night, those reasons to suspect someone might have coronavirus have really, really expanded. So the times when I have to be super, super careful have increased a lot. Yeah. So for a routine ambulance job, we might just wear gloves and safety goggles and that's it. And that's fine for 99% of our work most of the time. But now um, what they've said to us as of a few days ago, every single job that we go to, we have to wear the safety goggles, the mask uh, and the gloves, of course. And that's even if we don't think it's a coronavirus case. If we do, then we have to go and put on thing looks like a space suit and you know uh, put on a face shield and boots over our boots you know plastic boots over our boots 
So it gets really, really involved and time consuming. Yeah. So it's changed a lot and it's changing all the time. That would be very hot in the suit. So as an ambulance paramedic, are you worried about your personal health and safety at work and also your family if you've just been at a scene? Yeah. So I think the answer to that is a little bit. Going back to, you know, how I said I, I was at work and then I went on holidays. So before I went on holidays, we were going to quite extreme measures straight away. So if anyone was suspected of having coronavirus, not only did we put on the space suit and the gloves and the goggles and the face shields and everything, but they were also taking that ambulance vehicle and taking it away and giving it a full clean down and so that that ambulance was unavailable for an entire day now that we're starting to learn a little bit more about it and that the number of people who we think have coronavirus from when we assess them and when the call takers ask their questions the actual number of actual coronavirus cases is relatively small so we're starting to i'm not i don't want to say relax a little bit but we're starting to get a bit more clever because if we start taking ambulance vehicles out of the system, then we won't be able to go and see anyone. You so, won't be able to help anyone. Exactly right. So, so am I worried? Um, we've got a lot of very smart people in the, the organisation I work for. Very, very smart. Very, very well educated in terms of health and safety. So they're looking after me and all my workmates and they know what is the right thing to do. So if I follow what they tell me, I should be fine. And even if I do happen to get it, then, you know, I can do things here at home to sort of keep away from my family and sort of hide out for a couple of weeks if I have to. But I think if I'm careful and I do what I'm told by my organisation, I should be good. Yeah. yeah. How are hospitals and your employer, Ambulance of Victoria, protecting your safety and your patient's safety? Yeah, so like I was saying, um, th those things, those guidelines and recommendations are changing every few days. And so we're getting lots and lots of emails about, okay, this is how you identify a coronavirus case. This is what we want you to do. And even the way we treat patients is um, we're being told not to do certain things. So let me think of an example. Have you ever seen someone having asthma and they have the oxygen mask on and it gives them a medication called Ventolin. Yes. So that, yeah, so that's, that gives you sort of like a mist of that Ventolin medication. But we're not allowed to do that at the moment because there's a risk that as they breathe out, when they're inhaling in some of the Ventolin, they'll breathe out. They might breathe out some of their coronavirus particles Breath. onto us. So we are not allowed to do that. So there's a whole lot of little changes in how we look at each different case that we've got to be aware of. So again, like I was saying before about um, a lot of smart people where I work, they're taking my health and safety very, very seriously and my workmates too. Yeah. The hospitals, we, uh, they're obviously taking their own health and safety very seriously as well because anyone who we suspect has the virus they're telling us, don't bring them into the hospital. We want to see them first out in the ambulance bay and then they'll work out what to do. 
So they're being very, very careful because if it gets into a hospital and spreads throughout a lot of patients and staff, that would be a bit of a disaster. Yeah, total hospital failure. <laughs> so what do you think is going to happen in the future, short term and long term? Well, there is no doubt that we'll get more and more cases. And sadly, I think more people will die. There, there's, there is no doubt that that's going to happen. It's been very interesting. I'm not sure if you're aware, but in Italy and Spain, they've had really, really quite bad problems in, in those countries. But I think there's some differences between Italy and Spain and where we are. They've got a, quite an older population and a population where there's a lot of smoking. And they've also done a lot of things like bring a whole lot of patients into hospital who might not have needed it. So that's created big pools of people who either had the virus or they didn't and now they've got it. And so they're all sharing these germs around. And I think that might have contributed to a large number of people dying, but they're now engaging in really strict lockdown measures to try and stop the spread. Thankfully, it looks like the number of people who are getting the virus over there and the number of people who are dying, it's starting to sort of tail off a bit. You might have heard the term flatten the curve, which means you, you can't stop a number of people getting it. You know, it's just going to happen. But if we can reduce the number of people who get it and also the peak, you know, that will stop those hospital failures like you were talking about and the health system failures. But I'm hopeful that we're kind of getting ahead of things here in Australia, that even though there's a few people who are doing silly things like having parties and, you know, not doing what they're told, I think by and large Australians have been pretty good. So fingers crossed the number of people who get it and the number of people who die won't be anywhere near as bad as, you know, what's happening in certain countries. So, yeah. But I'm, I'm also worried about other countries like the, um, the USA because, um, our, our health system here is very, very good. America could like... Yeah, yeah, I think you're right. Yeah, I think they did. And they were a bit slow to react and they kind of like, oh, you know, it's just another flu or it's just like a bad cold. And for a lot of people, that might be true. You know, you might get it and you might just have a sniffle or same with me, I might just feel tired for a few days. But, you know, the people who are 70, 80 and older, they're the ones who are... They're the ones who are suffering the most and dying, unfortunately. Yeah. And the last question is, as an ambulance paramedic, uh, do you have any messages for kids or parents listening to this podcast? Well, I do. And most of the sort of messages are the same as what you might have already heard. So think for a moment about how the virus spreads around. And that is someone who's got it might cough or sneeze or whatever. And if you're unlucky, they might cough or sneeze right at you. But that's pretty rare. I don't think a lot of the viruses pass that way. If you're sitting next to someone who's got it for a long period of time, then they might breathe some of it on you. And again, if you do the social distancing, keep away from people, don't spend too long with people. Of course, you need to hang around your brothers, and, sorry, your brother and your mum and your dad. But people outside of your house, you don't know if they've got it. So you need to keep your distance and don't stick with them for too long. But one of the main ways that it passes around is if you happen to touch a surface where someone might have sneezed on their hand and then they've touched it, if you happen to rub your eye or scratch your nose or put your finger in your mouth, 
that's how a lot of people are getting it. So the really important things to remember are not just, you know, stay at home and stay inside or stay at home rather, but the social distancing and washing your hands is really, really important. So if you're going to eat or brush your teeth or do any of those sorts of things, make sure you give your hands a good wash and you should be fine. You should have practiced that even before the outbreak of coronavirus. Well, you're 100% right, but, um, you know, I'm sure in the time I've been talking to you, I, I would have, without even thinking, you know, I might have touched my eye or my nose because it just happens so often. It's just a natural thing. You know, you get a little irritation or something and you don't even think about it. And most of the time, it's no big deal. But when it's something like this, it's spreading around the world and sadly killing a lot of people, we have to be super, super careful. Normally, your body, my body, you know, it will attack you know, germs that sort of happen to be lingering on our hands and so on. So our body's good at fighting those bugs, but th because this is a new virus, our body doesn't know it, can't identify it and can't attack it. So yeah, but you're 100% right. <laughs> Thanks so much for joining us on The Shut-Ins. You are very welcome. It's been a pleasure. <laughs> That's yes. embarrassing.